back. You're watching Soccer Watch with me, Juliette Televi. And joining me this evening to take your stock-related questions are Rikus Regis from PSG Wealth, Holin One Ramsach, and Wayne McCurry from FNB Wealth and Investments. If you'd like to send questions, please SMS 41392, email stockwatch at bdtv.co.za or tweet us at Business Day TV using the hashtag stockwatch. Uh, Rikus Wayne, good evening to you both. Wayne, if I may start with you, it was a terrible day to be long of retail shares, but finally some joy yes. for holders of platinum or PGM stocks. Um, yeah. well, firstly, what happened to the retailers? Because, you know, yesterday ShopRite shares came off and then today it was mainly the apparel retailers that got whacked. Yeah, look, I think the ShopRite results scared people a little bit, simply because ShopRite is the premier retailer in the country and they suffered gross margin. Look, they had fantastic turnover numbers, but they suffered gross margin because they said they investing in price. In other words, they dropped prices in certain categories, but then they suffered big net margin pressure. The net margin came down quite significantly. And I mean, ShopRite is a 22-23 price earnings ratio, mm. which is relatively high, and you would have expected 15, 20, 25% earnings growth. They came in at significantly less than that. So I think the, the, the retailers and the apparel retailers coming under pressure now is for the same reason people looked at the ShopRite results and said, oh, things aren't so good, yeah, so yeah. we're going to mark them down. And it was quite clear. Platinum shares had a bit of a bounce because they've had a torrid, torrid couple of days going down. And so whether this is a change or not, who knows, but certainly after the, wheel, the losses that we've seen, some sort of bounce was, I suppose, inevitable. Mm. It's just fallen so much. Rickus, um, your thoughts towards apparel retailers, if, as Wayne's saying, you know, if ShopRite, if ShopRite is under strain, then then everyone's under strain, and and we wouldn't really expect any difference. We know we know how tough it is out there. Um, so, do you think there's? Would you be quite nervous about venturing anywhere near any of the apparel retailers at this point? Well, just uh, just a little bit more broadly, and uh, together with what Wayne has said, obviously Fushini's announcement yesterday after the market closed um, didn't help either with their expected drop in earnings. So. Um, Apparel still quite nervous on that. Um, as I've previously said, they're getting squeezed from the bottom end of the market with as far as Chinese imports are, are concerned. And it's, and it's a tough time at the sort of middle to top as well as your consumer locally gets squeezed in, in paying up. So Apparel, not for me at the moment. Mm. ShopRite, um, as Wayne said, they were no, any disappointment, and you can see what's happened with the M share price, but it's still a, a class operator. So, um, depending on where this short-term decline settles, if um, if you want to go into that consumer side of the market, it's still my my preferred choice, and I wouldn't mind picking it up at 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 lower levels. Yeah. Okay. Two questions on the platinum shares. Um, we had lots of. Questions on the platinum shares just about every night. The one, first one, just on Amplats, uh, a healthy 4% rise today amidst total annihilation. What's, what's it moved it up? Any reason at all? And is it um, doing something we are not accustomed to by even going up tiny, but would this be the bottom? And another viewer says, is this a good time to buy platinum shares at these levels? And which one of them offers value? Uh, Wayne, 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. Look, I mean, we've spoken a lot about platinum shares, and it's very typical of what's happening in the commodity cycle at the moment. You get down cycles, and in down cycles, the share prices collapse. I mean, this is not unusual what's happening now. The extent might surprise people, but the fact that commodity shares are collapsing in an economic downturn on the back of higher interest rates and higher inflation, there's nothing abnormal about what's happening now. Now, if you take that one step forward and you say, right, over the next two to three years, global interest rates will be cut, global economies will revive, and we'll see some demand, then you'll get the up part of the cycle where the share prices go up. So whether the bottom's at on Amplats at 1,000 or 800 or 600 or 400, I don't know. But you know, your, up, your upside on a two to three year basis is probably 1,500, 2,000 rand on the share. Mm. You know, so you must understand this is a commodity cycle. And we're in the down cycle now. And when, you, when you're at the bottom of the cycle, no one can see any reason why it's going to turn. There's yeah. not a single bit of good news around, but <laughs> yeah. that's why you're at the bottom, is that there isn't a single piece of good news around, and that's why the share prices are falling. Now, when Amplats was 2500 which wasn't that long ago, all you heard was good news. Yeah. You know, the downside was never going to happen. This is a cycle. So is it the time to buy? I would think, yes, at the bottom, I've got no clue. I thought the bottom was below 1000 then I thought the bottom was 800 and I thought the bottom was 650 mm. but you don't know where the bottom is. But what you do know is on this medium-term view, the share offers true value, and so do the other platinum shares. Which one to buy? I prefer Amplats, yeah. but by far the yeah. best quality asset. But if you follow the argument, you should buy Subanya or, or, or Impala because they're far more geared to the upside. Yeah. I just wonder if the guys in the control room can bring up maybe a 20-year chart of Amplats because that will show us. And you'll see it. And, and you'll see the cycles. But, um, you know, if, if we, while we work on that chart, Rickus, um, you uh, have a, a somewhat technical analyst, analyst bent to you. So would you say, uh, in your view, that the bottom is in place or, or, or not yet? Okay, there we go. The bottom will be in place when we start seeing substantial gains in the share price. Well, that's not happening. Um, the bottom is not in place. I, I like things to go down, go sideways, and then start going up. And then maybe you can you can start calling a bottom. Um, in the short term, today's movement, I think, is partly related to the what's the World Platinum Council again increasing their uh, deficit forecast for next year as far as platinum is concerned so it's it's but counterintuitive that there's this huge demand that they um foresee with and and flat production um, for very obvious reasons we supply a heck of a lot of platinum and we all know how difficult it is to produce without electricity <laughs> so yeah. you've got so you've got that to cut me that there is possible pent-up demand coming through. But I think also in the short term, and I've mentioned it before, if you take a look at Palladium, which I think is at five-year lows yesterday, that's Russian selling. Russia is flooding the market with what they can sell in order to fund their war. And that is putting, I think, um, pressure on on the metals themselves and and, you know, and that ties in with uh, people taking a look and say, well, if the metals are going anywhere, why should I be buying yeah. a platinum share? But I agree with Wayne. I mean, um, when the cycle turns, which it will do, there will be money to be made 
out of those counters, but possibly using a bit of technicals, you can probably refine your your buy in price somewhat. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that twenty-year chart we had was actually fascinating because the last three years have been extraordinary, um, considering the March higher, just the peaks of Amplats, and then mm. the, the precipitous plunge thereafter. Uh, there's a question on, uh, we've had results from Aspen in the last few days, and a question on, uh, and Adcock actually, uh, Aspen versus Adcock, which would you prefer for a long-term hold? Wayne, uh, if you had to assess them on their merits, somewhat different, you can't really, uh, you can't, can't really uh, uh, there's not a direct comparison, but um, which, would, yeah. which would you go for? I would go for, I, I, I would go for, for Adcocks every time. Hmm. Far more consumer orientated goods in there, far more stable FMGC goods. And uh, to be honest, you know, um, other companies disappointed a couple of times. You know, Aspen has disappointed more than once in its life. Yeah. Okay. So you would pick Adcock. Um, yeah. Rickus, would you have an alternative view? Or uh, I know Adcock, I think, trades on a higher dividend yield and. And I think a slightly lower PE, doesn't it, to to Aspen? Um, yeah, it does. And and as Wayne has said, for obvious reasons, they've got a very stable market as far as their um, consumer goods are concerned. People don't get, you know, they get the flu and and they don't get more flu or less flu. So so that side of the business is pretty predictable. Then on the other side um, of their product range, they've got prescription medicine which the price of which is basically ruled by government so um, so there you get what you're going to get so it's a pretty stable performance with a good dividend yield but don't expect huge capital appreciation as far as price is concerned that I can see Aspen um, yeah, if you want to have sleepless nights go for that <laughs> but um, <laughs> but um, quality wise I prefer Adcock as well Okay. Interesting. Because, uh, I mean, you, you might say that Aspen is the more obvious contender for, for, for growth if it gets Possibly. it right, uh, given the deals Possibly. it's struck. But is that a, too big an if for you? Yeah. I, I th as Wayne said, there's been surprises d during the years. If, if they become a consistent um, capital allocator, um, that actually produces results, then yeah, that um, that would be an obvious choice. But until such time as they establish some kind of track record, which they haven't over the past three, four years, um, I would avoid it. Now a question on NAMPAC, which has offered its uh, investors no shortage of disappointments. Um, so the first question is, what happened to NAMPAC today? And then a question that came through uh, late last night uh, okay, firstly, Rickus, what happened today that the shares fell 22%? Well, the um, no-paid letters that were issued in order to recapitalize NAMPAC started trading today. So that would account for some of the, shall we say, technical decline in the share price. Okay, so the um, a question that was sent uh, last night uh, was my recent investment in NAMPAC is up just over 50% and I'm entitled to buy another 579 shares at 175 Rand per share um, at a cost of just over 100,000 Rand in terms of the recently released share uh, offer. 
uh, with the, the price at the time of writing at 292 rand, so obviously it dropped today. What are the panel's views on whether I should take up all or some of this rights offer, leaving aside my own portfolio diversification issues? Wayne, um, if you had held shares in a, an investment already and you actually are up in something as beaten down as yeah. NASPAC, uh, NAMPAC, yeah. what, what I mean, do you it's, do? It's, 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 you know, I'm having a look here, it's up in the last 90 days, 60%, including today's fall. You know, so this is option money. We had a question on NAMPAC a couple of weeks ago as well. This is option money. I mean, this share can, you know, literally go to zero or triple. It, but you must treat it as option money. Don't put too much money into it. But if you're a bit of a, if you've got a bit of a gambling bent and you don't mind taking a punt, why not take up your rights? I mean, yeah. But understand, it's a proper punt. This, this isn't investing. Eh? This is this is punting. Mm. Uh, Rickus, I suppose. Um, yeah. What would you do? Not going to find out, but <laughs> that doesn't mean the question doesn't get asked. And, and I've had clients asking me exactly the same, um, the same question. Wayne is correct. Um, this is a bet. So if you bought Nampak um, at the lows recently as a bet, um, think about it this way. You now have to take up a lot of rights. I mean, it's, it's, you know, equal to possibly what you, um, what you invested in. Is it still a bet or is it now becoming a, an investment? If it's still a bet, take up accordingly. So you at least maintain that stillness and you, don't, and you don't change the reason for buying it in the first place. If you are a long-suffering shareholder um, and you still believe that the company is going to get it right, then if that belief is strong enough, you have to take up your rights. Otherwise, you're going to be diluted out of existence almost. Um, if um, if you don't mind being diluted somewhat, take up some of it. But it's uh, it really is nuanced according to the risk profile of the shareholder itself, whether it's a, you know whether you believe fundamentally long term or whether it's just a gamble. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then moving on to the financial shares, uh, there's a viewer who says I bought. 91 in Sunlum uh, several months ago. 91's up 3.6%. Sunlum's up 14.1%. Are both still a hold? Wayne, Sunlum's coming out with results tomorrow, I think. Um, yeah. What, uh, yeah, in your view, if you held both life, those two? The life insurers aren't exciting. But they're good, solid companies. I mean, certainly Sunlum is a good, solid company. They've got that special deal going on now with Allianz and they're combining their non-South African uh, businesses into a joint venture so that might yield some results but i mean the engine is still south africa yeah and you know people still pay their insurance premiums the market hasn't been fantastic but it hasn't collapsed around our ears so the investment returns should actually be quite good simply because they've got a lot of money in cash i mean the days of investing your shareholders uh, money in equities long gone so it's all in cash and they're getting high interest rates so the results should be good and the price is not expensive at all so yes i would hold it mm. and then 91 is I mean, clearly one of the premier asset managers in south africa in the uk and the shares the seven dividend yield which is very attractive uh dividends not under threat yeah at 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 all and it's a 10 price earnings ratio so you know maybe the banks are cheaper than this but they are more volatile mm. i would keep both of them Okay. 
Brickus, uh, you're nodding there. Do you hold a similar yeah. stance? Yeah, precisely what Wayne said. And just interestingly enough, Sunlam has been in a downtrend channel since 2018. It's starting to break out of that. You know, we were talking about when is it the bottom? It's, it's at the bottom when you start breaking out of a downtrend. Um, Sunlam, quality business. I like you know, the deal with Allianz. Interesting. So there's a bit of a change in the income growth story. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll hold both 91 longer term. So now, um, even despite the recent price increase, I still think it's got some legs in it. Mm. Okay. Then what about Bidvest? Uh, Bidvest released quite good results, I'll say, this week, but there, yes. there was a big drop in the share price. Why is the share price dropping? Is it still a good share to keep for the long run? Uh, Wayne, do you think there was just quite a lot in the share price already? Notwithstanding, look, the, 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 I mean, there, there was there was something in the share price, but I mean, understand, you know, the drops just gave back what it gave us the week beforehand. So you know, when you look on a a, a ninety day basis or a thirty day basis, the shares essentially flat. So I wouldn't read too much into the share price dropping. I mean, the results were spectacular, and it's not at an, it's not at an expensive price earnings ratio. So this is. Very different to ShopRite, where the where the results were disappointing, but it was very highly rated by the market. Yeah, the results were phenomenal, and the market has just given it an average rating essentially. Mm. So I wouldn't read anything into the share price weakness. You can see from the company's results that this is really high quality, and I would I would buy at this price. Mm. It's not expensive. Okay, Rick, is your thoughts? I mean, Bitface is just. Uh, you know, you read the commentary and you, you really get a sense that this is a company that knows itself. It knows it, and it's got an exceptionally strong kind of corporate culture and it just mm. goes and out and does the thing. Uh, and, you know, w whatever um, the economy might throw at it, Bidvest is going to somehow prevail. Um, I don't know if that's being too Pollyanna about, about the company, but that's certainly, you know, you, you have a sense that management has has conditions in hand and and is able to react accordingly yeah looks like it imagine what they would do if the economy doesn't throw things at them no great set of results um the price is breaking up to new highs despite the um the mdm drop we've seen over the past couple of days what's not to like um it's a core holding in my portfolios and mm. certainly buying on any weakness yeah, in fact, we've got a we've got a twenty year charter of Bidvest up, and and the extreme that drop that you see, um, what was twenty fifteen to twenty sixteen, was the unbundling of Bidvest and Bidcorp. I mean, yes, Bidvest is actually not that far off where it was before, you know, a huge chunk of its business was was spun off, which is testament mm -hmm. to how it's grown over the last few years. Yeah, they've been they've been phenomenally good at what they're doing. Look, they did get a boost this time around because of Eskom and that, as they said, but it's still an extremely good company at a, a, a reasonable price. Not particularly cheap, but it's certainly a reasonable price. Yeah. Okay, very one quick question before I get to stock picks. Could you please ask the panel whether they think buying Visa and MasterCard would be a good decision? I look at their past performance. They've done exceptionally well. All earnings are almost undisruptable. Uh, if there are any risks I'm overlooking, please let me know as well. Valuations look expensive, but I think they're worth paying a premium for. Would you agree with that, that assessment? Um, Brickers. When, 
The troubles in America started with high inflation and the possibility of a recession. I chose Visa because um, they, on the financial side or financial services side of, of things, they tend to be the first to react to a downturn. As a result, they're also the first to react to any kind of upturn. We are sitting with a feeling that we might avoid a recession in America, and the share prices of both of those companies are reflecting historically what happens when you start getting a slowdown in the slowdown and the possible and the possibility of an upturn. So yeah, um, either one of those two, I'd, I'd be a buyer. Okay, Wayne, the valuations wouldn't put no, you I off. Can't. No, I don't think so. There's, these these are very at the end of the day they're actually relatively stable businesses. I actually like them, so no, the price doesn't put me off there. Okay. Then very quickly in the last minutes, Wayne, what is your topic this evening? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm they're almost taking Shapiro's place here tonight. <laughs> I'm going for Lululemon. Oh. They came out with fantastic results. Um, I think it was yesterday or early this morning. You know, turnover growth was fantastic. The profit growth was good. Yeah, uh, why not? It seems like they're really doing well and they've got... Uh, the product that people want to buy. Yeah. I mean, who, who wouldn't pay $160 per, for a pair of leggings? Certainly not you or I, yeah. but someone out there would. Um, Rickers, how about you? It's a company called CrowdStrike. Um, I've had them before. They do endpoint security on um, cloud software. In other words, they stop people from hacking into your computers. Um, it's different from your normal sort of virus package that you would buy and install on your computer. In other words, it's cloud-based. You go to one provider, CrowdStrike, you buy the product. It provides security across the system. Fantastic set of results. Um, they're gaining market share handover first. They, they are the leader in the kind of product that they sell. Um, and interestingly enough, they've been using artificial intelligence as part of the development of their program structure since 2011. So they're well ahead on the curve as far as that side of um, applications are concerned as well. Okay. We have to leave it there, unfortunately. Rickus, uh, Wayne, thank you very much for joining us this evening. Nice to chat to you both. Uh, Rickus Riedis is from PSG Wealth, Holin One Ramesach, and Wayne McCurry is from F&B Wealth and Investments. And up next, the close. Stay with us. <laughs>